Hey, what's up, everyone? On this last day of February, welcome to another podcast of the Daily Mind. It's uh, your host again, um, back again with another half hour of whatever today's topic is going to be, which I'll let you know in a minute. Um, hopefully, everybody's time has been pretty good. Your week has been good so far. I know we're just about done with the week. The weekend's here. Last day of the month, February. I swear. These past few months flew by so, so quick. <laughs> We're already damn near March. And we won't see another February 29th for the next four years. It's crazy when you think about it. Weather's getting warmer where I'm at, which is good because the winters, huh, you thought New York was bad. You know, the winter where I'm at is unforgiving of a winter. I love winter, but man, I don't want to see snow for a long time. Let's just say that. But anyway, um, on my end, everything's great. You know, I've been getting back into art again, Um, been getting back to graffiti and doodling again. I don't know, like um, these past few months have been, um, I don't know, how can I describe it? It's been more of a uh, coming of age for me. Um, All of my old interests have sparked up again. I took a bit of a hiatus from art and graffiti for a while and focused a lot on photography, which I am not stopping. I just haven't really been doing too many pictures. However, though, um, getting back into art, it feels so good. The ideas I'm coming up with is fresh. The art is actually improved even during the hiatus. I've been doing a lot of research and stuff like that. It's, it's just been getting better, man. It's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting better with age. You know, art doesn't stop. Graffiti doesn't stop. Anywho. So today I want to talk about, um, the Sega Dreamcast. For some reason, the Sega Dreamcast has been coming up as a meme. I don't know why. Now this console was discontinued in the United States over 20 years ago and boy did it hurt i mean like everybody wanted a damn dreamcast it was well ahead of its time but it didn't last for a long time and that was the problem so lately i've been seeing the memes come up for the dreamcast and um i was just wondering why and it made me think about the dreamcast because i tell you what the day i got a dreamcast let me tell you it was like light years the graphics everything just Everything about it was just great. The controller, yeah, it was a bit uncomfortable, but it had that nice little LCD, um, what you call a memory card, which I thought was pretty dope. Kind of useless, but kind of dope. So what happened with the Dreamcast, man? It, it, it just begs the old question. There's a lot, a lot of issues that happened, mostly on Sega's part. But, and but, there's one feature and one console that ultimately put the nail in the coffin for Sega and the Dreamcast. In fact, that was Sega's last console. I mean, there's been rumors for years that the Dreamcast was not going to be the last and that something else was going to come up. But let's be honest, Sega's better off as a publisher. Um, Once the Dreamcast was dead, Sonic was found on damn near every console. Remember, Sonic was just exclusive to Sega on Sega consoles. Of course, Sonic still has to survive. So what better way for him to survive than on Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo? That was probably the best way because If the Dreamcast died, Sega died, that would have been the death of Sonic. But, you know, Sonic still has a very big cult following. So, I found a uh, page. Now, I I know the reasons why Sega Dreamcast failed. But this goes in a little bit uh, bit more in depth. Um, HowStuffWorks.com published an article of the 10 reasons why the Sega Dreamcast failed. I personally believe that there is one feature... That it was missing that helped kill the Sega Dreamcast. They didn't even think about it. In fact, another competitor did this, implemented this feature, and the rest was history. So anyway, I'm going to get right into it. It was written by Colin Anderson. I'm not sure when the date was. Anywho, it says, The Sega Dreamcast remembered nowadays 
as a cult favorite was the unsuccessful gaming console that attempted to compete with the PlayStation 2, the Xbox, and the GameCube. Oddly enough, the date on this, where it was released, was on September 9th, right? I'll never forget it because it was actually around the time I was just about to start high school. September 9th, 1999. So you got 9999. Now, those are some really awkward numbers for a release date for a console, but maybe that was just probably the bad omen or just some crazy coincidence. Anyway, it says the Dreamcast is often described as ahead of its time as it did a lot of things well, but ultimately failed to establish itself as a viable alternative to the Sony's massively successful PlayStation 2, which was released the following year. Sega would discontinue the Dreamcast in 2001 after just less than two years on the North American market. With disagreements over the company's future, Sega decided... <clears throat> To abandon the console business and become a third-party developer. Here are 10 reasons why the Dreamcast suffered this untimely fate. Number 10, EA Sports. In anticipation of the Dreamcast launch, Sega purchased sports de game developer Visual Concepts, the company that would be responsible for the 2K series of video games. In order to produce sport games for the new console, EA, the publisher behind the popular Madden, NBA Live, and FIFA series, among others, informed Sega that they would not be supporting the Dreamcast unless they had exclusive rights to produce sport titles for the console, and Sega scoffed and decided to continue with their original plan. This turned out to be unwise, as EA titles were growing in popularity, and the Madden brand in particular was becoming a console seller. The 2K series would prove to be critically acclaimed, but the mass public never got to experience these titles because they were drawing the EA's brand on competitors. Uh, consoles. NBA 2K Live lives on, but Visual Concepts sold the rights to take two, Sega no longer profits from the series, and the decision to alienate EA hurt them dearly during the Dreamcast generation. So yes, remember, 2K was only exclusive to Dreamcast. So it was like their way of securing their own. So they figured, well, you know, Sony, Nintendo got EA. Why not? We hold on to the 2K series. And now you see 2K is everywhere now. That ultimately hurt because like EA sport games on uh, Dreamcast didn't exist. In fact, they even had an NBA Showtime game that was developed, um, I believe, not developed, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Published by Midway, which is no longer in business. That was not a really smart idea. Now, don't get me wrong. The first, I believe, 2K on the Dreamcast went up to like 2K2. But 2K was like, that was kind of like Madden was like looking, EA was looking like, oh, shit. Because the visuals, everything was great on the Dreamcast. And, and the opportunity to see an NBA Live game on a Dreamcast would have been great. The Dreamcast had the power and everything. But needless to say, since they got scoffed out on the Dreamcast, guess where they went to with the next console? They went to PlayStation. Well, they were always with PlayStation. But when the PS2 came out, it helped solidify them just that much more. All right, next one, uh, number nine, advertising. Now, I remember some of the commercials was really, really cool with Sonic, all the Sega characters from uh, Jet Grind Radio, Ready to Rumble Boxing. They had, you know, they were all like dancing and jamming inside the Sega Dreamcast. 90s shit. It was totally 90s. Anyway, it says Sega ran television spots nonstop advertising the Dreamcast in anticipation of its launch. The console was innovative and powerful, yet the advertising did not focus on the right selling points. The commercials didn't even sway consumers away from the PlayStation brand. Instead, they ran with the slogan, It's Thinking. I remember that. This silly slogan would go on to be mocked by many in the industry as it didn't accurately point out the benefits of the Sega Dreamcast, and the slogan itself was unclear in its meaning. When Microsoft entered the console war, they focused heavily on the games. The advertising showed the console's power and focused on the giant X on the center of the console, branding it very well. Sega failed to attract much lasting interest in the console, and advertising was a key culprit. 
Yeah, because, I mean, it shows the characters. They're all doing dumb shit. Then it'll show a couple of clips of the game. But it doesn't really show enough to where, like, damn, that looks really good. Like, I remember the Sonic Adventure commercial and, and Jet Grind Radio and all that. They were they were cool. I mean, it caught my attention because I, I ended up getting a Dreamcast. However, um, for most people, it was just like, what the fuck does it mean that the system is thinking? Thinking of what? What is it thinking of exactly? And that caught people really off guard. Now, with PlayStation, you hear that, PlayStation. And that's it. You know it's a PlayStation. They don't have any weird taglines and stupid shit. You just know it's a PlayStation. You don't have to get hit with some gimmicky tagline to know it's a PlayStation. All it has to do on the commercials, say PlayStation. That's it. Number eight, financial woes. After a successful North American launch, the Dreamcast sales steadily declined, despite several price drops. These price drops in an attempt to compete with Sony caused the console to be sold at a significant loss. Sega could not afford these losses as their poor sales in Japan added very little to their revenue stream. If the console losing money, Sega had to reduce their research and development. They were unable to continue the broadband experiment they were expecting to venture into with the system, no longer housing dedicated servers. They began to lose third-party support, and the losses affected everything in their bottom line. Unable to continue with these financial woes, Sega decided it was time to abandon the Dreamcast. Had the console been built slightly cheaper, they likely could have gotten away with selling it at such a low price early on. Deciding to opt for expensive components proved fruitless, however, as Sony's inexpensive bill was able to be sold at a cheaper price. When the PlayStation 2 came out, it was only it was $300. $300, but you got to think what you got with it. Now, the Dreamcast did have one feature. They had broadband. You were able to play online. However, though, there weren't a lot of games to support the online. It was like, okay, Fantasy Star Online, I remember, was literally the only game that you could support online. However, though, um, at the time, Nintendo 64 didn't have it. And the PS2 came out and eventually did get the broadband. But even then, like, playing online on the PS2 was just, eh, it, it really wasn't catching on as quick. All right, number seven, online architecture was ahead of its time. One of the more e impressive features of the Dreamcast was its online capabilities. The first console to include a built-in modem for internet support and online play. The Sega Dreamcast was truly ahead of its time. Sega even released a broadband adapter for console post-release. It was a built-in uh, 56K. Remember, Wi-Fi didn't exist yet, so you still had to kind of use dial-up. It says, though, but unfortunately, broadband internet had not expanded to the level Sega had anticipated, with many areas in 1999 still not even offering broadband access. Factor in the millions of consumers who had not yet made the choice to move to broadband, and one of Sega's distinctive features was rendered practically obsolete. The Dreamcast online play was well-received in critical circles, but was unable to attract ca casual consumers to purchase the console. Ironically, only a few short years later, the internet access would come to be a must-have feature on consoles. Sega had the right idea, but the Dreamcast was just too early. But now, thanks to Microsoft, the online play, even on Nintendo consoles, is way more. Like, the technology, we've moved away from 56K. Um, we are now wireless. So Sega does get credited for creating online play in the sense that you know, it was there, but it just wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfected yet. It was still too early for it. Now, had they not put that feature in, they could have dropped the price on the console. Easy. Easy. They should have done their research on how vast broadband was. Because I think they had an idea that broadband was there and it will ever increase with the console. But it just was not there yet, honestly. Number six, the lack of a second analog stick. Remember... When the first PlayStation came out, it came with no analogs. Sony then realized, hell, let's make a, a slightly more updated controller with two analog sticks. 
So it says the Dreamcast controller was innovative thanks to its VMU, Visual Memory Unit. It's a screen slash memory card hybrid, which could be detached and offered portable play with just some titles, though. It says the controller was comfortable and its analog stick was solid and well built. However, the lack of a second stick on the right side gave the controller the appearance of being a step back from the PlayStation's DualShock. Sony launched this dual stick controller in 1997. So Sega had no excuses not to include a second analog stick two years after the fact. The lack of second stick made first-person shooters inferior on the console and made adventure games more difficult to play due to the lack of a proper rotating camera. 3D game engines were still relatively new when the Dreamcast arrived, but Sega still had full two years to see how beneficial Sony's second analog stick was in this space. Now it says, when comparing the controller side-by-side, side, the Dreamcast was simply missing an essential component. That's only because Sega focused on the memory card. No console at the time had a memory card so advanced that you could play a little game on it. But again, it, they were tone deaf. Like, nobody wanted that shit. Nobody wanted to play a game on a memory card. You're taking away the sole focus of the memory card, and that is to store your games. Remember back in the day, you played a PlayStation or your PS2, and you couldn't, like, you didn't have a memory card, you know, a little 8 megabyte, and you had to leave the game on all day until you came home <laughs> to finish the game. And they're right. Sega should have looked at Sony and saw the benefits of the DualShock controller with two sticks. But again, I think they were going at advancement. And they were just like, if they would have just nixed the damn, um, if they would have nixed the memory card shit, I know it was also a way for it not to be built into the console. Because if you notice, the memory cards go in the controller, not the console, which is neat. And it saves on the design aspect of the console because it was built in for players, uh, four player ports. So I guess that was just like they're, they're sort of kind of getting around shit. Number five. Now, this hurt the most. And again, it goes back to Madden. Third party support. Now, third party support is extremely important for console survival. Nintendo even had rocky relationships with third parties as well. And, and I think to this day, they still do, but not as bad as the 90s into the 2000s. Now, it says third party support is very important factor in a gaming platform success. As Nintendo has learned the hard way on multiple occasions. See, I just mentioned that shit. Supporting a console with first-party games is beneficial as they are more profitable, but in order for a console to make real headway in terms of sales, providing more games is the simplest way to attract customers. When multiple competing consoles offer the same popular game, but that game is missing from Sega's library, that's a problem. Now, for the Dreamcast, Sega did acquire plenty of third-party support. The problem was that the biggest developers of the time shunned the Dreamcast. Remember, EA for a long time held the realm of the biggest publisher and developer throughout the 2000s into the 2010s. Nowadays, they're kind of really slipping. Anyway, um, they shunned um, EA Sports and Squaresoft with a notice, notable omissions, and Rockstar North chose not to support the Dreamcast either, claiming the console was difficult to develop games for. Many companies decided it wasn't worth producing titles on the Dreamcast, and it didn't help that the console's install base wasn't very high. Can you imagine Grand Theft Auto coming out on the Dreamcast? Grand Theft Auto coming out on the Dreamcast would have been splendid. But see, here's the thing with the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast had a one gigabyte, like, sort of proprietary disc. Now, it held quite a bit more data than your PlayStation 1 disc, which only had about, what, 700 megabytes of data? And then, of course, it held a lot more of the Sega Dreamcast, I mean, more than uh, the Nintendo 64 cartridge. So, you know, the Dreamcast was able to produce cutscenes, crisp cutscenes, audio, everything. Take-Two is the parent company to Rockstar. So, 
had it may have lasted long enough or maybe they could have just used a different format disc it could work but a one gig disc did fit some quality shit on a dreamcast game at least for its time in my opinion all right so number four large controller now i mentioned this that controller to me was very uncomfortable it says the major reason for the dreamcast flopping in japan was the controller size Japanese consumers prefer a smaller controller with the PlayStation's DualShock proving to be the perfect proportion. The Japanese public will also shun the original Xbox controller, however. Microsoft quickly launched a remodeled version titled the Controller S, which was a more compact version that closely resembles the controller design of the company's current console, the Xbox One. Sega never redesigned the Dreamcast controller, and its large size alienated a very large consumer base. North America, now here's the difference between us and Japan. Japanese people are smaller. Yes, this is no stereotype. This is factual. Their hands are smaller than American hands. Now, the original Microsoft controller for the original Xbox was called the Duke. The shit was huge, and I will admit, it was not a pretty layout, and the shit was big. Now, in Japan, okay, Japan, again, Japanese people are smaller. They needed a smaller controller, and they delivered on it. See, the Sega Dreamcast probably didn't like last long enough to even redesign a controller. Maybe they had that in mind. Maybe they were just not paying attention. Again, these companies need to pay attention to the consumers because we're the ones that keep them in business. And, and you know, a lot of gaming companies, I guess they're doing it. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that big controller, man, that was <laughs> that was very uncomfortable. And, you know, they, they were sort of sturdy because, believe me, I threw uh, my brother and I, we threw a controller or two around. This is true. But, shit, they're expensive. Like, I'm not throwing no PS5 controller. That shit is $70. You think I'm gonna? You think out of anger I'm gonna throw a PS5 controller? Nah, I just turned the game off. <clears throat> All right, the last three. Number three, no, negative momentum from the Sega Saturn. Oof, I never got a Sega Saturn. I, I preferred the PlayStation. It was a better choice. It says after incurring massive financial losses with the Saturn, Sega previous home console development on the Dreamcast began with a view towards the future. As previously mentioned, the console will prove to be innovative, offering online play and VMU. Uh, for a second screen on the controller. The console featured great titles such as Shenmue, Soul Calibur, and yet it failed to sell. This can largely be attributed to the momentum or lack thereof as gamers were let down by the Saturn and many no longer desired to support Sega. This came on the heels of the Sega brand also being tarnished by several other failures such as the Game Gear, oh, the 32X, my god, and the Sega CD. Sega attempted to brush these consoles aside with the revolutionary Dreamcast, but it simply did not work. There were games who enjoyed the Saturn and felt disrespected when Sega discontinued that system so early in its lifestyle. Consoles were expensive, and with the knowledge that Sega may abandon one early in favor of something new, many consumers chose not to take a gamble on Sega's new console, with the PlayStation brand receiving positive momentum. At the same time, this was an obstacle that Sega just couldn't overcome. Think about it. You've been let down that much. You're not going to stay loyal to a brand. Look, I, don't even, I haven't bought an Xbox ever. What happened was, back in 2001, I might have mentioned this before, my aunt bought me an Xbox. No shit. Two days later, my cousin puts in Halo and the Xbox break. You think I'm going to buy an Xbox? I bought a GameCube. I've never bought an Xbox out of pocket, ever. And I don't see myself doing such. Now, these last two are pivotal. In fact, this next one should have been number one. In my opinion, this is the number one reason. Number two, the DVD. For similar reasons the Nintendo GameCube's ultimate failure, the Sega Dreamcast fell flat in the face of the PlayStation 2 and later the Xbox due to its lack of built-in DVD playback. DVD playback was a novel feature at the time and many households did not yet have a DVD player in their possessions. 
DVD players were still quite expensive, therefore purchasing a console that can both play games and DVDs were enticing. The PS2 was relatively inexpensive DVD player at the time, even without accounting for its ability to play games. Sega could not compete with this feature when they opted to use a proprietary format called GD-ROM, which was expensive to produce and only held 1 gig of data compared to 4 gigs on the DVD. Unsurprisingly, the lack of, build, the lack of a build in DVD player was a dagger for Sega. Yes! DVD! DVD! The PS2 would forever be the best DVD player ever created. Because it's a video game console that plays movies and still plays CDs and still play PlayStation 1 games. For $300, how can you go wrong with not, like, where can you fuck that up? It's 2001 when it came out. I'm sorry, no, it came out in 2000, my bad. 2000, PlayStation 2 came out in 2000 of October. The best DVD player you could ever buy. And it's the truth. And I still have my PS2. I still play it. It's still pretty damn decent. And the number one reason, which should have been the number two reason, was the launch window. It says the Dreamcast was, uh, sorry, was released in Japan in November of 1998, and nearly a year later in North America. This was an odd release window as the PlayStation 2 would release in Japan March of 2000, and was announced around the time the Dreamcast released in North America. Had the Dreamcast launched in 1998 in all territories, they likely would have seen more success. However, failing to get a foothold in Japan against Japan, Japanese competitors Sony and Nintendo, the North American market will always, was always going to be essential to the Dreamcast's success. When consumers heard the popular PlayStation brand would receive an update, other, uh, one of the uh, updates was that it featured a DVD playback, had the controller they preferred and more popular game series they were accustomed to, the Dreamcast suffered. Many consumers decided to wait to purchase their next console as the later, uh, excuse me, the later release date had many thinking the PlayStation 2 would be significantly more powerful than the Dreamcast. In reality, it was actually pretty similar. For those deciding not to wait, the PlayStation 1 and the N64 was being sold at budget prices and were attractive propositions. Um, as consumers waited for their successes, the Dreamcast was simply not released at a good time as it, as it arrived in between console generations, which caused confusion and reduced its appeal. That's like Nintendo right now. Nintendo doesn't even really follow when the PlayStation and Xbox release consoles. They're kind of in between. Think about it. The PS4 was released in 2014, I believe. The Xbox One was released 2013. The Nintendo Switch... All right, no. The Nintendo Wii... The Wii U, I'm sorry, was released in 2012. And then the Switch was released in 2017. So we all know Nintendo is not really competing on a technological front with Sony and Microsoft. And they're kind of following their own timelines. Nintendo's average console is like every six, seven years. Uh, Sony and Xbox are looking at consoles every eight years, maybe, whatever the case is. Um, however, though, yes, the, the, the lack of DVD killed the Dreamcast. I mean, considerably. And it hurt, man, because the Dreamcast has so much potential. One of my favorite games, I remember I had uh, Ready to Rumble. Jet Grind Radio was by far my favorite game. I had Power Stone, Sonic Adventure, um, I, I had some titles, man. I still got them in my aunt's house. And we had some shit, man. But the Dreamcast was just an odd duck. And I think, like, also the fact that people just lost trust in Sega. No matter how much they love Sonic. Now, the Dreamcast lives on inside the Microsoft Xbox. Because thanks to the idea of the broadband adapter, Microsoft figured, well, let's put one in there, too. Now, of course, it couldn't do Wi-Fi because Wi-Fi didn't come until roughly about the Xbox 360 in terms of... Um, Wi-Fi. You have to obviously like plug in the little antenna though. But now the consoles have the Wi-Fi 
antennas built in. But we see the Dreamcast still lives on amongst um, what's out there today. Like the Nintendo Switch. When you play the Switch, it technically has a screen on it when you have the two Joy-Cons put together and stuff like that. I mean, it's cool. Like the Dreamcast did set the stone, but it was just so short-lived. Interestingly enough, though, I think the Dreamcast lasted longer in Japan. If I'm not mistaken, I've heard Dreamcast games coming out as far as, what, 2006? Meanwhile, it was already done by, like, 2001, 2002, the latest in the United States. Nobody was thinking about that. By uh, 2001, the Nintendo GameCube dropped around November 12th of uh, 2001. The PlayStation 2 was already out a year prior. And the Xbox dropped around the same time as the GameCube. Now, remember, I told you my Xbox broke. So I went with my snow shoveling money because, you know, kids back in the day, we that's how we made our money. I went out, saved up for a Nintendo GameCube. I bought a Platinum Edition GameCube. Beautiful little console. And that was my replacement. I never bought an Xbox again. And see, Nintendo, there was rumor of a DVD player for Nintendo, but it just didn't quite work out. They used this very small Panasonic disc. And the reason why they used the disc was simply to combat piracy. Because it was like, that was another thing about the Dreamcast that they did not mention. Dreamcast was simply the easiest game to pirate. Those discs had like little to no security. I I knew dudes that were like pirating Dreamcast games like it was going out of style. You didn't have to buy a game for a full price when you know somebody that could pirate the game for you. It was that fucking simple. This is why Nintendo is so anal about piracy. They are really, really big about piracy, and they don't play that shit. They will sue you in a moment's notice if you try to pirate one of their games. They are very, very serious about their IPs. But nonetheless, rest in peace to the Dreamcast. You know, 1999 to 2001. That's fucking crazy, man. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Dreamcast is still sought out. I did say to myself that if I come across a um, a store, like um, one of those, what do you call those, vintage video game stores, um, I, and I see a Dreamcast, I'm buying a Dreamcast because I will go back and play some Jet Grind Radio because I downloaded it on the PS3. It's just not the same, you know? Playing Jet Grind Radio on the Dreamcast was everything. That game had me up for hours. The soundtrack was crazy. Everything. That's going to actually be a very close episode coming up is the top Dreamcast games of, I wouldn't say all time, but for the little bit of time that it's been around. Um, so yeah, I'm going to wrap up the show. I do appreciate it. I've been wanting to do an episode on the Dreamcast because for the past week or so, I've just been, for some reason, seeing Dreamcast memes. And um, yeah, I was I was just really, really curious. Oh, a couple of other little things about the Dreamcast too. One, it was noisy as fuck. For some reason, it made a lot of noise and it was like the first little console to have a little fan on the side because it, it was a powerful little thing. And it was actually pretty interesting feeling the heat come out from the uh, from the side of the Sega Dreamcast. Not to mention, it was powered by Windows CE. It was the very first console to be powered by Windows. You probably didn't know that, but the little logo was right there in front of the console. And that was just for the internet co- uh, connectivity and broadband play. Now, Nintendo had some online capability, but just like the PlayStation 2, it just wasn't big. You know what I mean? That didn't come along until really the PS3... Uh, the 360, and Nintendo Wii. Even Nintendo Wii had wireless play. It was cool. It was a great time. All right, so hey, thanks for listening once again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm doing this podcast on the go, so obviously I don't have my equipment. I'm doing it on the phone, which is just as good. It's a show regardless. I will give you a show regardless. I don't care if it's my phone, my laptop with my equipment. You will get a show. 
All right, so hey, stay tuned, and thank you for the support. Uh, pretty good numbers are coming in for these episodes. Um, I like the idea of spreading them out now instead of trying to do them every day. So, you know, it kind of works out. All right, so hey, thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy your weekend coming up, and enjoy March, which is a really boring month, but hey, we're close to the spring. All right, so hey, take care of yourselves. We'll do this again next time. Peace.